Yeah, thank you. Good morning. How's everyone? Good. Okay. I wonder if anybody would just yell, horrible. I don't think, maybe. If we start getting real up in this place, we might. Okay. Um, so, I'm excited um, to share this morning. We're going to continue. We, we started something um, uh, on the ministry uh, step models that we're going into, model uh, that we're going into, and um, you know, kind of how we're going to do church. And so we're just, you know, kind of putting that vision out there for people to grab a hold of. And, um, and in that, one of those things uh, is what uh, Patrick was talking about, baptism. And, and uh, within that model is baptism and, and following Christ and saying, yes, we're going to do this. Um, so today, we, we talked two weeks ago about um, church, Sunday services. Uh, and today, we're going to talk about connect groups. And so if you see this uh, sign around somewhere, it just means connect groups. Don't get scared, all right? Red, yellow, black, and white, we are precious in his sight, right? I mean, that's the basis of this thing right here, okay? Um, and so you might say, well, that's kind of lame, <laughs> whatever. Um, no, but here's the deal. Why are connect groups important? Why is connection important? Um, we're going to talk about that in just a second. But, God, we thank you that we can gather here today. We thank you that you're worthy, that you're in control. And, God, your desire for us is to be more like your son, Jesus. And so as uh, you've already been here, you're here now, you've been present in worship. God, would you, would you be present now? God, would you help us to open our eyes to see, open our ears to hear, and we just want to pray that we would leave here changed and more like you. In Jesus' name, amen. So I want to start off this morning, uh, first of all, I'm going to take a step back from connect groups, and then I'm just going to talk about this election that's coming up. I don't know if you guys have heard anything about it. You guys, it's coming up in November. I don't know if you guys... Any ads or anything that you guys might have seen watching a football game? or uh, So anyways, you know, in our nations at this point of tension and uh, whatever it is is going on. Um, and just can I just say, if you're all riled up about it, all right, um, calm down. And I mean that in the most polite way that I can mean it, honestly, because I'm not only talking to you, I'm talking to myself, okay? Uh, you know, if, you're, if we're sharing Facebook posts and we're, you know, taking digs at people because we know them personally, uh, you know, we hung out with them last week and this and that, uh, God's in control, Okay? And here's what I think, this is my personal, is this, that it's great that you have your opinion. It's awesome, okay? You're entitled to that. But putting something out somewhere in social media is not to start a conversation, okay? It's simply to interject your point into what's going on. And so what I, what I was thinking last night was, you know, hey, 
Let's have some conversations. Let's have some talk. You know, if someone disagrees with you, what do you do? You, you blast them on social media? No, you talk to them. Can we sit down? Can we, you know, have some coffee? Can we, you know, we don't, and we don't need to reply to these, you know, posts. Well, this, you know, I mean, and I'm not saying don't have an opinion. Here's what I'm saying. Be like Christ in what we're doing. That's what I'm saying. Because here's what it is, whether your candidate or the other candidate or some far-shot candidate wins, all right, and, and it's not yours, all right, God's in control still, all right? And so if you don't, we, we got to not act like brats and say, well, then forget it, okay? You know, this candidate wins, oh, the country's going to hell, Oh, this candidate wins. Oh, the country's going to hell. I mean, settle. All right? We have Jesus who sits on the throne. And and for far too long, I believe this, that we have, as Christians, put our reliance on a system of politics to give answers to a spiritual problem that we're having in the United States. And it's not going to answer it. The only thing that's going to answer at the core, because all these, retor- these, these things going back and forth, this is the overflow of people's hearts. And so the only thing that's going to fix that is Christ. And so I, I just encourage you, I encourage myself, even in your thoughts, all right, take it in, run it through the filter of Christ, all right, pray about it. God, have your way. Whatever candidate wins, would you? We're going to pray for him. All right? We're going to pray for our country that we can see revival come in this place. Okay? And so, you know, stop scaring your kids. All right? Please. You know, they don't know what to think. You know? Well, is she, is she nice? Is he nice? Well, she said this, and he said what do you need to go into the gory details of everything with them, you know? No, you don't. You say they're humans. We need to pray for both of them. That's what we need to do, all right? So, good stuff. All right? Is that all right? It's about as political as I'm going to get this morning. And then I just yell, like, vote for somebody. No, I'm kidding. All right. Um, I'm totally joking. All right. So, here we go. We got this symbol up here. And... Uh, Man, so these connect groups, you might be saying, what the heck's a connect group? That's a great question. We have three of them here. They're called LV Dinner Club. We have Bob, which is Band of Brothers. Uh, We have uh, Sisters and Friends, and that's for uh, the dudes. And then uh, Sister, no, it's not. Sisters and Friends is for the ladies. Band of Brothers is for the dudes, all right? And so what are these things and why are they important? Then we have to ask beyond just what are these groups, right? We have to ask what is the significance of connection? That is the the core of what I'm going to talk about today is not about promoing these groups. It's about what is at the core of connection. Why is it important and why is it significant? And so when we talk... um, we want to talk about life. You know, we, we talk about connection. I know in my own life um, that I've had relationships that were, but they aren't now. 
All right, and, and it had nothing to do with some severed, nasty argument that took place, or he or she posted something on Facebook and just, you know, we, I hid them or deleted them. I don't, what is, what's the more strong thing to do? Oh, I messaged them and told them I was deleting them. No, it wasn't any of that, you know. Uh, but they're just not there anymore. Right? The relationship's not there. There's no bad blood. There's no grudge to be settled. There's no grudge between us. It's just a bridge that we haven't traveled or we don't travel anymore. And so what, what happened? What is going on there? Well, I remember one of my best friends growing up, Trey Barrett. Some of you know Turpin Wilcox and Barrett III. Trey. So Trey, um, man, we knew each other from, man, what, three, I think three, possibly two, possibly birth, all right, for a long time, all right? We'll go with right now we've known each other for 35 years. I'm 37, all right? And so we used to do everything together. We used to entertain our teachers, okay? I remember at St. Paul Lutheran School where we went to preschool, uh, Trey, uh, he wanted to see what the inside of a turtle looked like, so he did. Uh, you know, I'm not saying that's a good thing to do. I'm saying he did it, though, and he got, I think he got complained on about that. Uh, I know the turtle didn't like it. And, um, and then, so I wanted to hold the guinea pig in the class picture this other kid did, so I bopped him in the nose. Um, and then I got bopped with a belt. I think I've told you that story before. I walk into the principal's office, and I don't, first of all, I look back on it. The guy was sick, okay? I, he had a closet with belts in him. And now I was a kid. I just remember it being like a plethora of belts. I'm like, that's a lot of belts. And he says, choose one. And I'm like, sweet. Uh, the white one. And then it, you know, retrospect, you're, why did you have a white belt? What are you doing? You know, I mean, it wasn't the 70s. Like, he just couldn't let that one go, I guess. So anyways, so I said, oh, the white one. He goes, put your hand out. Whoa! I'm like, whoo, man, that went south quick. All right, so we would entertain our teachers. Uh, we hung out uh, through throughout our lives. We, you know, we'd spend the night at each other's house. We would go to their family took me to SeaWorld. We went on up to North Carolina together as families. Um, you know, we did stupid things together. Yeah, <laughs> I know, you can't believe it. All right. Um, but, man, we, that we just hung out. We were like bros. And, um, and so we did youth ministry together, all right, uh, where he was a youth pastor. I was like the assistant dude. And um, so we did that together, and, and uh, wow, I mean, you know, you look back on life, you're like, wow, how many moons ago was that? And then you're like, way long ago, uh, and you forget, right? And so we, we did all this stuff together. I mean, we were close. We were at each other's house. As a matter of fact, we bought houses a street away from each other that I could throw a baseball caddy corner down to his yard. I never did. After that one time. <laughs> anyway, that's a whole different lesson. Okay, so the deal is this, though. We were close, man. 
and we really did life together. And um, and then over time, we just disconnected. Our roads led us different places, and they weren't bad roads that led us down some evil path, you know. But we just became disconnected. Now, let me tell you something. If I called him right now and I said, bro, I need you down here, he would get on a flight right now and come down here right now if, he needed, if I needed him. And I would do the same for him in a heartbeat. Matter of fact, I'd leave right now. I wouldn't really. I'd finish this, okay? You, you might not get all the points, but okay. But I'd take off because we care deeply about each other. But it's like this. What was lost there was no love lost. There was here. It was connection. We just didn't connect as much anymore. And so I'm sure that you guys, just like me, you guys can relate to this. And sometimes we look back and we, and we think, man, I haven't seen this person. Like, you guys ever had this thought with me is, man, I haven't talked to them in 2016, three years like, it's been three years. I haven't even said anything to them, like nothing. You know, I liked a Facebook post like six months ago, um, but I haven't talked to them. You guys with me on this? Like, you guys tracking with me? Okay. And so what happens? Well, we just lose connection, all right? And so what I want to talk about today is, okay, then what is the, what, if connection is important for that to happen, okay, for, for us to interact, for us to be close friends, for us to know each other, if, if connection is important, uh, then what does the Bible say about connection? Because I believe this, at the core of Christianity is not only the core is connection to God, but it has to be connection to people as well. It has to be. It's not an either or, it's a both and. Right? And how do I know that you guys want to be connected to people? Because you're not in a monastery right now. You're here. Right? Even in monasteries, do you think they talk to one another? Unless they've taken a vow of silence. Even then, I'm wondering, like, what's up, Henry? Hey, oh, deepest conversation I've had in years. All right? But, you know, think about it. And so when we look at fellowship, we have to realize this. That through fellowship or connection, all right, comes unity. And, and so there's a lot of stuff. There's undertones and overtones in the Bible about the call to unity through Christ. And so I looked it up, what I could find of it anyways, were 103 passages about unity in the body of Christ. We're only going to go through 100 of them today. I'm going to let you guys find the, no, I'm joking. Could you imagine just sitting here reading? You guys are like, what's going on? Okay, John 17, 11 says this. Now I am departing from the world. They are staying in this world, but I am coming to you. Holy Father, you have given me your name. Now protect them by the power of your name so that they will be united just as we are. Now I want to pause there for a second just as we are, just as the Father and Son and Holy Spirit are united, would you make them united? I mean, that's serious. And if we skip from verse 11, we went on to 22 and 23, it says this, I have given them the glory you gave me so they may be one as we are one. 
I am in them and you are in me. May they experience such perfect unity that the world will know that you sent me and that you love them as much as you love me. Now, we could probably just dissect that text right there. We could stay there for a little bit, but that's unity is flowing out of connection there. All right? So if we think that a Sunday morning experience is going to get our uh, is going to bring us to the the apex of our Christian experience, we are wrong. There's so many more elements that go into it. Because everybody loves a relationship with God. I love to come and worship you, God. I love to, maybe you love to hear the word, but when you leave, you love to leave too. And maybe you don't love to connect. Maybe you're not the extroverted person. Okay? Now listen, I'm going to be, I'm going to pick on Heidi for a sec. She, years ago, she would not have gotten up here. Am I right or am I right? I'm only giving you one choice, really. I gave you two, but they were pretend. They're both the one. Okay? Or she might have been up here like this. Right? Okay? And so, but, hey, what does that make? At that point in her life, did that make her less important? Because she would shake, you know, out of nervousness in front of people? No. There's people that are going to get up here and teach. There's people that are going to get up here. And now she's grown into this role where she's, you know, she's promoting OCC, Operation Christmas Child, all right? And she's up here telling you guys how to do stuff, you know? All right? So everybody has a role, but we have to realize, and what I'm realizing is this, especially when you have six kids, okay, like me, and I have a wife, we have a bunch of personalities going on in our house, you know? And we get... I'm going to let you in. I'm going to open the door just to crack, okay? Sometimes we argue. I know you guys can't believe it, but we do, okay? Um, Never mind. I'm going to stop. Okay, so look, here's the deal. When we, when we, but when we argue, what is there? There's not unity there. That's because there's different personalities going on. Okay, and in this church, there's going to be different personalities. And if you're saying, well, I don't like them because or, you know, I can't hang out with them because this because are we really running it through the filter of Christ? If we just took this one passage here and said, you know what, I have given them, I have given them the glory you gave me. Let me tell you something. I am sure at some point, maybe. Do you think at some point? Nah, because he was Jesus. But maybe he thought, yeah, he did. He got annoyed with his disciples. Guys, what are you doing? You're falling asleep. Wake. I'm asking you to pray for a few moments here. Can you wake up? Jesus got annoyed. But guess what? He still poured into those people. He didn't say falling asleep, keep walking down the hill. See you guys later. All right? He stuck with them. Let me tell you something. I guarantee you this. If you find someone annoying someone finds you annoying as well. I speak of that from personal experience, all right? I know that there are people that find me annoying. I'm not going to be limited by those people, though. I don't care, okay? But I know that it's going to take us together to achieve. I cannot by myself impact the neighborhood that we're focusing on by myself as much as I can with everybody in this room. 
as much as we can. Right? And so unity flowing from connection. Acts 2, 44, 45. This is a pretty familiar passage here. And all the believers met together in one place and shared everything they had. They sold their property and possessions and shared the money with those in need. Romans 14, 1 through 3. I'll slow down a little bit. Romans 14, 1 through 3. This is a good one because we have a hard time with this, I think, sometimes. Accept other believers who are weak in faith and don't argue with them about what they think is right or wrong. For instance, one person believes it is all right to eat anything, another, but another uh, believer is sensitive or has a sensitive conscience to and will only eat vegetables. Those who feel free to eat anything must not look down on those who don't, and those who don't eat certain foods must not condemn those who do, for God has accepted them. We don't want, think about this for a second. As we are in these connect groups, can you imagine if everybody in the connect group was like me? I'm sorry. I'm just, uh, okay. Uh, <laughs> all right. Okay. Um, no, that would be horrible. It'd be horrible, man. We'd all be like running over and like going crazy. All right. We wouldn't get much done. All right. And, and but man, but how much do we focus on that? Well, that's why we have a hard time connecting with people. Is because we look at. You need to be, why would you do that? That's not what I would do. I can't believe he did that. Dylan, jeez. Get it under control. I, I, he didn't do anything, so calm down. You guys are like, what the heck's he doing? Um, no, all right? I wouldn't do that. Well, how many times do you guys make that? You don't have to raise your hand. I know you do. You make, you make the judgment off of what you would do and how you would think and how it should be. And therefore, they are wrong. All right? Now, there's some stuff that you can say, if somebody kills somebody, I, you shouldn't do that. Okay, that's pretty obvious, right? It's okay to laugh. It's fine. Yeah. <laughs> Her daughter's like, calm it down. Okay. All right, Mom, please, okay? We're new here. All right, um, so here is the deal. That's, that's pretty blatantly wrong, okay? You shouldn't do that. But, you know, maybe uh, you have somebody that's young in the faith, and, and they swear. And you're like, holy, I thought you were following Jesus. You just said hell, and I ain't talking about the location. You said it in some weird way. You know, and then, like, what is that? Okay, here's what you should do. Just live your life. If you don't feel like that's applicable to Christianity, then live your life and don't do that. They're going to learn from those people that are in the faith for a long time and that are solid in the faith, right? We don't need to look in judgment and say, I cannot believe you did that. How stupid. We look at a world that does stupid stuff, and we're like, how could they possibly do that? They don't know Christ. I mean, what are we doing? We're judging people off of a, a knowing, knowing Christ scale on people that are completely clueless to what the Bible says. And so, does that bring connection or division? It brings division. Meet on some, I guarantee you this, you have some 
common ground. I was talking to one of my friends last night. We went to the Passion event, not last night, on Friday night. We went to the Passion event out at Victory. And, you know, worship was killer, Louis Giglio, off the charts. I'm like, dude, what's up, man? How do you speak like that? And so it was so good. It was so good, I bought a book and I bought a CD, and then I realized on the way home I have Apple Music, and Jen has the book on her nightstand. Um, Wisdom. All right, someone's getting a gift, I can tell you. All right, so, but the deal is this. Uh, When we talk about this, this connection, and we talk about looking through the same lens, and we talk about judging people, we need to stop. We really do. So I'm talking to my friend, and I'm thinking, my friend's here, and he's telling me about his transvestite friend. Friend. Not an acquaintance. A friend. This guy's a believer, and he's like, man, I tell you what, I've learned a lot about love from this guy. What it is to, to really Look past what is going on on the outside and look into the person and say, God loves you. And they've been friends for six years. And so I'm, I'm wondering, you know, and I'm asking myself the same question. How are we connecting to people that are not like us? How are we saying and pouring into their lives and saying, not just full out saying, you need Jesus, but living a life that says, Jesus is living inside of me. And they're going to know that, right? You're going to exude that. And at some point, God's going to make a moment where you can speak into their lives, or he might make several moments where you can speak into their lives. But, but are, you, are you in it for the long haul? Are we in it for the long haul? If they don't get saved in three months or three years or 30 years, are we in it for the long haul with them? Are we just looking for instant connection and for somebody that looks, if we're, if we're type A, we're looking for type A people that we know that we can get along with because it's just going to be easier that way. And so that's what we cannot do. We have to accept people where they are. Just like God accepted you and me right where we were. And so we're supposed to be a reflection of Christ. That's how we connect with people, man. We meet them right where they are at. And God will meet them there too. Galatians 3.28 says, There is no longer Jew, Gentile, Jew or Gentile, slave or free, male or female, for you are all one in Christ. And like I said, there's hundreds of other passages that are talking about unity in in Christ. And so what does this mean as we move forward, it means this. How do, how do we fit into this, this thing? Ministry steps, step one, step two, connect groups, small groups, serving. How do we do this? It, the better question is not how do I fit into the steps or how does the steps work. How do, the more important one is how do I fit into this? Because we've got to get this idea that we're doing this together. And I'm going to say this, and I don't feel bad about it because I really feel like God is putting this on my heart is this. We need to buy into this. Don't buy into me, okay? Because if I'm gone tomorrow, guess what? You need to buy into Jesus, all right? Buy into Christ. 
All right? And the vision I believe that God is putting before this body, this particular body, has to do with this up here. Again, buy into Christ. Ask Christ about it. Okay? If you're depending for me to get all the answers from me, then I'm sorry. You're going to be left short, way short of what God has for you. Way short. And so as we look at this, I need, we need people to buy in. We are a church body. There is no part that is more important than the other. But when we move together as a force, together, we are more effective than if we move here, 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 here. And so here's what it is. Would you take a chance and join a dinner club? You know, what a, what a thing to say. Take a chance and join it. There's no, there's no harm in it. These groups are from 8 to 12 people. You guys, it, here's what you do. You have dinner together once a month for three consecutive months. Dinner together. Okay? It's been good. I mean, I've had to put up with Kevin Murray. I, it, uh, Jerry Link, God bless you. Okay? No, it's been great. I've talked to Kevin more in the last two months than I have in the last five years. Seriously. All right? And it's good to get to know these people. It really is because you're like, oh, yeah, that's not just the people that sit across the aisle. You know? These are people that are getting involved here. Ladies, would you get uncomfortable and you decide to go to a women's? I, there's this bunko at the baker's. I don't even know what it is. My grandmother walks in. She's like, bunko for the baker's. What's that all about? I said, I don't know. What are you looking to me for? No, I don't know. It's some game. Is, is bunko a game? Yeah. Dice? What the heck? What kind of? We'll talk. Late. We don't know if that's event's going to happen. All right. What is this? Bring your own cigarettes too? Okay. Here's the deal. Oh, slippery slope here. Okay. I'm kidding. So they're going to get together. They're going to do something. You know, you know, and you might be saying, oh, I just, I don't know anybody. I know it's weird. It's like walking into a high school class, right? You're new there at the high school. You walk in, you know no one. All right. If you were homeschooled, you don't get that. I understand. You walked in, your mom was there. You're like, jeez. Oh, All right. Um, I know her. All right. So, anyways, guys, you know, we had a breakfast yesterday. I couldn't go. Ellie had her last cross-country meet. She killed it, by the way. 20s. Yeah. I was a little proud. Still am. So, yeah, but she, she did excellent, and I had to be there. And, but we had 15 guys at breakfast yesterday, you know, just doing what? Talking. That's what they're doing, you know. Um, it's not like, you know, okay, tell, draw us a picture about yourself. I mean, we're not doing this stuff. We really just we want to get to know each other because why? We're better together. I mean, that's what the deal is. And so I encourage you, you know, uh, if, if connection is life, as proposed in these passages that I just read, if connection is life, if it's vitality, and connection is where we see growth, what are you saying and what are we saying when we choose to be disconnected? 
Seriously. And you might be like, I thought this was supposed to be an uplifting service. It is. It it's, should be challenging. It's challenging for me, right? If I say, no, I don't want to be connected, then I'm saying no to life. I'm saying no to vitality. And I'm saying no to growth. It just is. There is no such thing as I'm going to do this on my own. If Jesus Christ had to pick 12 people to do it with, then we've, <laughs> how many do we need? Jesus Christ did not do this on his own. He connected with people. And so we have to ask ourselves, do we need to be connected with people? The answer is a definite yes. It's an overwhelming absolutely. And so as we walk through this life together, what does it mean for us then? As Lakeland Vineyard, what does it mean for us? You know, and I want you to go real quick with me. I don't want you to do anything, you know, like close your eyes or do it, you know, take in seven deep breaths. I did whatever. Just go with me for a second. If we have Lakeland Vineyard, loving God, loving people, right? If we're there. Imagine if we took that mission statement that's up there right now, loving God, loving people. What if we took that statement at face value? If we all decided that the number one priority was going to be God's number one priority, and someone asked him in Matthew 22, 36 through 40, they said this, what is the greatest commandment? To love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, and mind. But there's a second one that's equally as important. Love your neighbor as yourself. He said this is what the foundation and the demands of the prophet and the foundation of the law of Moses this is what they are built on. And now I'm thinking to myself, loving God, loving people, that kind of fits into Matthew 22, 36 through 40. And when I say kind of fits in, it fits in like a glove. That is what we are called to do. That is what Jesus said. This is foundational. And if we can't get this down, then we can't do anything. We've got to buy into this thing. And we're not buying into LV. You've got to understand and hear my heart on this. You're not buying into a four-step ministry model. You're not buying into doing church more simply. You're buying into a living God that wants to impact the people that are around us every day. We're buying into a notion that a living God could come inside and live in us so that we can affect change in our community. That a living God that has control of what's going on in the nation right now could come and use us right where we are. That's what we're buying into. We're not buying into a system. We're not buying into Andy Baker's philosophy on doing church. We're buying into Jesus Christ. So if you ever hear me and you think that I'm selling a model, I am not. What I'm presenting to you is an opportunity that will change your life forever. There will be hard times. There will be rough times. There will be times where you feel like you could not do anything better in life. But we've got to do it together. There's got to be connection. There's got to be unity in the body of Christ. There's got to be. And so imagine with me the effect that this would have if we took, if we took loving God, loving people seriously, if we took it at face value, if we read Matthew 22, 36 through 40, and we, and we read it over and over again, we started to ingrain it in our heart, and we started to pray that way. God, help me to love people. Help me to love you with everything that I am. Help me to love the people around me the same way. God, help me to start doing that. Help me to get in your presence, and then help that to overflow. What we talked about last week, we talked about overflow, right? And so, imagine the effect that it would have on our family. 
Imagine that for a second. You might yell at your kids less. Let me put that a different way. I might yell at my kids less. All right? You might argue less with your spouse. You might not look at the world through a bitter lens anymore. You might say, you know what? I'm going to let some of this bitterness go that I've been holding. You might think for a second that God's in control of what's going on in this nation. You might think for a second that God might use this upheaval to open people's eyes to what is going on in the kingdom. You might think for a second that, oh, my school is actually going to be impacted by me because there's something bigger than me that's going on because I'm connected to a living God and I'm connecting to a people that love him. You might think to yourself, man, when I go to work, I'm not going to say, oh, my job sucks. You're going to say, no, I'm here for a reason, and your job might suck, but I'm here for a reason. And why am I here? While you have me here, God, would you use me in a mighty way? I guarantee you this. If God starts to use you in the workplace, your job won't stink as bad. Because you realize this, that God made me a disciple of him. I chose to follow him. I'm merely an employee of this place. But my my citizenship is somewhere else. And you might say this, man, my neighborhood. You know, my neighbors, golly, what is wrong with these people? I don't ever say that. I got Steve Parker. What's up, baby? All right. I don't ever say, lunatic, what's he doing, okay? Uh, No, but you might say that. What if we did a different approach? What if we rolled through our neighborhood that we live in and we say, God, bless them, bless, and not just prayed it, so easy, right? Oh, bless them, Lord, more. I don't know what you're doing, pixie dust. I don't know what you're throwing, okay? But you walked up to them and met them. The ones that just annoy you, you know, you're like, hey, you know, how you doing there? da 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 Maybe you get them something for this Christmas coming up. Maybe for Thanksgiving. You drop them a card or something like that, all right? I mean, we got to start looking. What can God do? What can God do th- through that? If we want God to use us, we have to be willing to not only imagine these things to see it happen, we've got to be willing to do them. See, because it's great to come here, and I don't say this in a negative way, it's great to come here and have a holy huddle, but it's harder when we leave here to actually do the stuff. So we've got to take it from, oh, God, if you would just come in and just move, that would, it would just make my life easier. But then we just leave it there. What if we did it like this? God, I'm, I'm going to work today. Would you come and have your way in this place? God, I'm going to Walmart right now. Walmart right now. Help me to look around, okay, above the normal Walmart behavior, okay? What are you doing? <laughs> what? People of Walmart, man, it's crazy, all right? But what are you doing there? A guy's, you know, got a busted car on the side of the road, Okay, God, what do you want me to do there? But we're so, you know, how many of you think that you're so laser focused on what you're doing that you drive by or walk by 
so many opportunities. Yesterday, we did the, we, my dad and I did the right thing. Okay, I'm just going to tell you that story. Not the seven wrong things I did, all right? Because they're there too, all right? Uh, a guy came and bought, you guys, if you guys have been here for a while, but you'll remember, you know acrylic tables, they're clear, you know? The 90s has been calling every week wanting it back, you know? They're like, hey, uh, or the 80s even. I don't know. If you put fiber optics, it was the 80s. They took it. So the deal is this. A guy comes and buys it. He's like, my wife's obsessed with acrylic furniture. I'm like, I want to come to your house. What is this place looking like? And so it's like walking into a time warp. And his wife just had a baby. So she must have been in the recovery room on Let Go, the app Let Go. And she's just... He drove an hour to come get this thing. We had it at 50. He said, will you take 30? I said, I would have taken zero. But yeah, 30 is good, all right? <laughs> We're loading this thing up, all 350 pounds of this thing, and uh, not that much. Calm down, 200, all right? And we're putting it in the back of a Highlander. And I'm like, this thing ain't fitting, all right? But it did. And uh, he just, they just had a baby. And this guy's driving from Orlando to get an acrylic table. I don't know, okay? What? For his wife. That's what his wife wanted. So it was a good thing. The guy was on top of it. I would have done the same thing. Now I've been huffing and puffing the whole way here, like, what am I doing, all right? But anyways, we got to pray for the dude. Now let me tell you something. It wasn't anything, you know, he wasn't weeping. He got a little emotional, I think. I think that's probably because he was angry because he had to come over here. But... He did, though. We got to pray for him. I said, you just had, a, you just had a, a baby. Can we pray for you? And he's like, absolutely. So we got to pray because he said something about good vibes around this place or something. I'm like, yeah, calm down. Um, no, but I'm like, we'll take that. And I said, you know, let's pray for you. I mean, simple prayer. God, would you bless his wife, bless the child, bless this family. God, we just pray that they would, they would be, know you, Jesus, and be more like you. Okay? And I don't think I was imagining a crack in his voice when he said thanks. I don't think I was. Dad, verify. No. Okay, so, yeah, simple stuff like that. I mean, what are we looking for? Yes, are we going to have experiences where we walk up to somebody and there's knees all jacked up and you pray for it and it's better? Yes. We are going to have that. Are we going to have experiences where I walk up to somebody and it just encourages their day and they think, what was that all about? Okay, Jesus is in both of those. Neither one is more significant in the Father's eyes. All right? And so, man, I just, I mean, you guys excited? No, you're not. All right. No, I'm excited. I'm serious. I really am. I'm looking at this, and I'm like, okay, God, what are you going to do? What are you going to do? What, what do you have for the people of Lakeland Vineyard? to do. You know, Isaiah, I mean, the rudeness of this guy to stop the service and pray for somebody. Can you imagine this? Unthinkable. No, I love it, right? He's like, can we pray right now? Yeah. Start it up, bro. All right? And, and we, we wonder, and I wonder, but, and I'm not picking on him, but because I know I do the same thing. We're out in public. We think, God, can I pray for that person right now? And he's like, yeah, dude do it right now. And you're like, well, oh, i got to weigh this thing out, you know. What, 
What is there to lose? Like, seriously. Uh, no thanks. Okay. Little do they know I'm praying for them anyways. All right? But, but think, there's nothing to lose. What's up? Oh, here we go. No, I'm just checking. I was just going to say that I did miss an opportunity the other day to uh, pray for somebody. I was walking through a parking lot uh, coming out of a store, and I saw this um, woman. Uh, she was a uh, nice, tall-looking uh, young lady and probably in her early 30s. She had a bald head, and she had a, a little child with her. And uh, I walked out. She walked behind me, and all of a sudden I heard the Lord say, pray with her. Well, I'm thinking, really? <laughs> you know. So I just continued walking to the car, and I thought, wow, I think I missed this opportunity. Like Christina always says, stop for the one. God tells you to stop for the one, and if you don't do that, you're not in his will. So I sat in the car, and I said, okay, Lord, I'm sorry, and I, I prayed, uh, and I prayed for her, because who knows? She could have been a cancer, you know, survivor. You just don't know, but God wanted me to do that, and I was not obedient to that. And another thing, um, God just gave me something when you were speaking. I know Andy said everything about the connections and our connections in church and everything, and uh, he said it very well, but I figured I should stand up and say something if God is pressing it upon my heart. And this is what he said. He said, step into more of what God is doing in our church. Do we really want revival? If so, all we, we all need to get involved. And, that's, and that says it all. We really all need to get involved. We're all praying for revival. It's not going to get there unless we all get involved. Let me encourage you with this, too, because I've missed opportunities like that before, and you could probably go through a two-day down period where you're like, oh, God's never going to use me again. She goes to the car. She says, you know, God, I'm sorry for that. And God's, God says, for what? <laughs> I mean, think about it. You ask for forgiveness. You say, oh, I'm sorry. For what? Move on. Let's go. There's going to be other opportunities. All right? Here's what we don't want to do. We don't want to miss out. That's the deal. What is God going to do? And it's not, it's not because he's sitting there with a big hammer saying, you disobeyed me, you know, and it's not that. It's about what is God going to do? Think about it, man. What is God going to do? If we say yes to God, if we say, you know what, we are going to get, we're going to get connected. It's going to cost us. Let me tell you something. If your Christian walk isn't costing you anything, I just have a feeling that your Christian walk isn't jack then, and I'm talking to myself too. If it's not costing me something, whether it be time, whether it be finances, whether it be something, what am I doing? Whether it, it, it could cost me humility and pride, right? Because how am I supposed to pray for that person? I don't even have it together myself. So I encourage you with this. Bonnie Irby, the queen, if you will. There's a tie. My grandma and Bonnie, both queens. All right. Um. 
I just want to share this because I want everybody here. If you doubt that God isn't the same that he's always been, 2,000 years ago when he walked on this earth, he is still the same God. And I just want you to know during this storm time, my grandson and his wife and two children live on St. Simon's Island, stuck right out there on the edge of the Atlantic Ocean. And he had to leave the island with his family. And he was scared to death. He kept texting to his dad, we're going to lose our home. We're going to lose everything we have. The ocean's going to wash it away off of that island. And they were so frightened. And they had couldn't go back on the island until just this week, one day this week. We began to pray and ask God like he used to one time, you know, when the men were in the boat and the storm came up and the wind and the waves were strong and they were terrified. And Jesus stood up and spoke to the wind and the waves, be still, and it happened, it happened. So we began to pray that God would do that. Now we know the storm was all around for a lot of folks, for a lot of folks, but we especially asked for that little house on St. Simon's Island to be protected from the flood and the winds. Well, anyway, we waited all week to hear I talked with my uh, grandson's wife yesterday. She said, Grandmother, we're back home on the island, and everything is secure and safe. Praise the Lord. Praise our mighty God. Nothing is too hard for him. Are you hearing me? If you have a situation you think is too hard, or you have a situation that, well, God just wouldn't pay attention to that. Don't believe a word of that. That's the enemy. God does care, and he will hear. The righteous cry out, and he hears them, and he comes down to deliver them. Believe it. Believe it. Don't just say it and think it and hope it. Believe it. Believe it. Let it be a part of your life. Let it be a part of the way you live day by day, every day, expecting God to do what you can't do, but he can. Stay right here. Stay here. Stay here. Please. All right. Bonnie's going to stay up here for just a second. Um, here is the deal. Uh, God is good. God is good, and he has a plan for every person in this room. And I mean a specific plan. You are not just out here floating around in earth. God has destined you. For right now and you are here for a reason and you're here and if you're connected at the Lakeland Vineyard you're here for a reason if you're visiting this first time this Sunday you're here for a reason there is no there is no accidents that happen and so I want to encourage you guys um, and we want the one of the ways that we connect is through this card you guys if you guys didn't open up your bulletin it's right here now I'm gonna I'm gonna mention this every week all right, and you might think, well, man, it kind of feels like this to me as a leader. It feels like we talk about God, and then, like, there's this downtime where we talk about this card, right? I don't think it's that way. I think God wants to use this, all right, a simple card to see what is going on in your life. And let me tell you something. People meet here every Thursday to pray for what is going on in your life, and they faithfully do that. 
Now, I asked last week if everybody, we had three cards, I think, the week before, maybe four. We had, la- and then the last week we had a bunch, okay? There is no need too small to put on here. It is significant uh, because you are significant, all right? And so when we do this, this isn't just for, you know, gathering info, all right? I would say if you're a guest here, will you do me a favor? Why do we need your address? We're going to send you stuff. It's not, we're going to send you one thing. We're not going to, you know, overwhelm your mailbox with crazy, all right? We're not going to do that. You know, and the other thing is this, if, if you could write legibly, seriously, seriously, slow down a second and please write legibly, it helps, okay? I don't know if I'm calling 863-48798, I don't know, okay? We're taking a guess and I'm, you know, Woolworths, what? You're still alive? All right, and so, and so we want to connect with you, okay? This is important. Why is this important? Because we absolutely want to connect with you and connect you with God. I mean, it's real simple, right? And we're going to all, we also, you know, we kind of don't pass offering baskets anymore, all right? And, we, and some people give online. Somebody asked me the other day, is it okay to write a check? Yeah, all right? Rick said you spell thousand. That's what he told me to say. I feel... Anyways, okay, so it's okay to write the checks. They go back in there. There's two little uh, baskets back there. They look like little churches. Just put it in the black space. We have people back there. We have highly trained security guards. No one is going to steal your Connect card or your check. They both go in there, all right? And, And so, you know, and just the reality is this. It takes money to do stuff, okay? If we think that we're going to, you know, impact that neighborhood over there and we're going to have community events and they're just going to happen for free, that's not a reality, all right? And so, uh, you know, we just encourage you to give as God is telling you to here at the Lakeland Vineyard, um, and that's what we do, all right? And there's no apologies for that, but that is what we do because God's going to turn around and take those funds and it's going to impact a community that's around us. I believe that with my whole heart. And so what we're going to do, I'm going to have, Bonnie was kind of, she was getting, you were getting a little excited. You were. I like that. She was getting pumped. I was getting, was anybody else getting pumped? I'm thinking she's doing, she's killing me up here. Okay. But uh, killing me. Not literally. You're just, yeah. You're not killing it. (laughs) Stand up with us, will you? Bonnie, you're going to close this thing out today, okay? I want you just to ask God uh, to tell you what to do. I don't care what you do. I trust you implicitly. But I want you to pray that we would be impacted, and however you want to do that, all right? I want you to pray as we leave, yeah, that we would go out and just do, let God do it. Our Father, our mighty, wonderful Father, we, I come to you now to speak your heart to the people here today. 
I pray that you will open every heart and mind to expect and believe that you are the great and mighty God, not a small God, not a little God, not a hopeful God, but a real God, and that they will remember to come to you and ask you for the impossible, for those things on their hearts that burden them, that hurt them, those things that they struggle with, maybe a job that's not coming through good, or maybe there's a hindrance to getting a job. Maybe there's a sickness in the home. Maybe there's a, a child or someone in the family who doesn't know you, who hasn't come to really know you. Maybe there are struggles financially, physically, those who are unsaved and, and do not know you as Savior and Lord. I pray right now, Father, that you will move on all of us, each one of us, to call on our mighty God and believe you, believe that you say, I will heal, I will redeem, I will set free, I will provide. He says it all, he says it, he promises. So I pray today that everyone that leaves this place today will re be renewed in their confidence in our mighty God, that they will believe that he is real and great and wonderful and full of love and full of power. Oh, Father, come and visit every heart here today. Let us leave holding on to you, not on the things of this world to save us, and to provide for us, but holding on to you, because you are our great and mighty, mighty God who hears prayer and answers prayer and comes down to help us and to deliver us. Thank you, thank you, Father, that you are who you are, that, that we can worship you and praise you for who you are. And we can live in that and depend on that. Oh, God, impress that upon our hearts and our minds to believe and have confidence in our God. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. All right. If anybody needs prayer for anything, there's going to be a ministry team up here that you guys can come and get prayer uh, with them. Uh, just remind you, if you are on the leadership team, you know who you are. We are going to have a leadership meeting immediately following service today. Um, see you guys next week. Love you guys. See you.